Good morning everyone, it's nice to be together. New Year started and uh, I believe many things are going to in our hearts stirring from God. God's plans and purposes haven't stopped, they're still there and uh, we've come through some things. We can all testify to where we've come from and maybe we've been through some very hard times. But the wonderful thing is we have come through and we're still here. And that's the wonderful purpose of God. We, God still has a purpose for you and me. And let's rejoice in that this morning. I want to share this morning on the relationship that you and I have with Jesus. That is so vital and so important. It's a number one. When we put God first, when we choose Jesus, and when our prayer life is consumed by our adoration for Christ instead of a religious just talk with God in the morning, but something of real passion and real purpose will see major things change in our lives because prayer is relationship with God. God wants to hear what's on our hearts. He wants to pour our He wants us to pour our hearts out to Him. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, God wants to be part of every area of our lives. When we go back into Genesis, and we see the result when mankind was plunged into sin, when Adam and Eve sinned, when they disobeyed God, decay entered the world, and things grew old and fell apart. Everything now required continual maintenance. Even the relationship between mankind and God, blood sacrifices, needed repeating, covenants needed renewing, temples needed repairing, high priests died and needed replacing. But when Jesus came, when God saw the need that the sacrifice for sins was the shedding of blood and that the purpose of Jesus' life on this earth came, that he could hang on a cross, shed his blood for you and I to forgive us of our sins, to redeem us back into the fellowship with God. That's what his purpose was. He so longed for that, that he even sacrificed his one and only son, Jesus, who willingly, in obedience, went to death on a cruel cross to die for you and I, that his blood could be shed. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. The cross of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus once for all, ended the need for continual sacrificing. Continual, continual sacrificing. He was our final sacrifice in everything. Hebrews 9, this morning, 11 to 12. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, that is not made with human hands, that is to say it's not a part of the creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by the shedding of his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Jesus himself entered the most holy place for you and I. Once and for all is done. My sin is not greater than the blood of Jesus on the cross. So when Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from God. They made leaves. They suddenly realized that they were 
naked. And they ran away from God and they hid from God. They couldn't face him. It was too much to bear. We can be a lot like them in our walk as, as born-again Christians. A lot of prodigal sons and daughters out there today have run away from the presence of God because they think they've messed up so badly and they've done too much that, that God could not forgive them. It's a real shame and we feel so unworthy and full of guilt and shame. So we avoid God. We avoid prayer. We avoid the meetings. We avoid people. We back off like Adam did into our own little places of despair. And Satan, the enemy, exactly wants that. Then he can heap condemnation and abuse and pain and guilt upon you and I to make us even further from God. We don't understand the implication of what Jesus on the cross did for you and me. I have a friend and we went through COVID together and when she came home from being away for a while she came back here and we sat together and we sat and we, we talked about our experiences, we talked about the pain, we talked about a battle to pray, I did a battle to get hold and we talked about what you know, what do we expected and what and, and, and all I could hear from her was the pain of saying, Lynn, I know God is so angry with me. I know he's not even listening to me. He put this on me. What have I done, Lynn? What is this thing that I have failed God in? What is this terrible thing that I've done that he doesn't even answer my prayer, that I'm in this pain and this depression and this anxiety and this terrible, terrible disease? I just can't go on. I don't know what to do. I just wish I could die. And, you know, it had to take me some time to realize that we all feel like that sometimes. We feel that God's abandoned us. We feel that we've done too much wrong that we've got out of God's presence. And we feel condemned, the guilt, the shame, it's all from the enemy. And I spent time with her and we prayed together. And she picked up and she started believing God again. Oh, what a breakthrough. I want to say we all need that help. We all need each other to help us through the difficulties of the lies of the enemy. It's all about, you see, he will attack our relationship with God, number one. Because that's where the power lies. My relationship, my adoration, my praise to God. He wants to stop that. If he can stop that and get me into condemnation and guilt and shame and sin, then he's got me into a place of despair and depression where he can heap more abuse and pain upon our lives. You see, sometimes we base our relationship with Jesus on a performance basis. I know this for myself. It comes from as many times of a broken family we've come out of, where we haven't known the love of the Father. Um, we sometimes tend to look at our Heavenly Father as our earthly Father was. And if we've had a bad upbringing, we've had pain, and, or we haven't even had much of a relationship with our earthly Father, it does affect us. And we tend to see God like that. And God has to take us and he has to love us through very, very many hard times like that. Where we become performance driven. We think, 
this week I, I, I've done well. I've given, I've, I've prayed every day. And, and actually I've done, I've given, I, I've visited people, uh, I sang well, I preached well. The list goes on. Of the performances that we think impress the Father. When one God, all He wants is a loving relationship. He looks into our hearts. Isaiah 29 talks about that. That the people, they came to him and they had much to say from their mouths. But their hearts, Jesus said, were so far from him. And we can have a relationship, a religious relationship like that. Where it becomes just, oh, I've got to get up in the morning. Well, let me spend 10 minutes and pray quickly. Uh, oh, yes, oh God, God I, I need, I need, I need. I remember one day when I came before God. And I had so much on my heart. I was so burdened. And I'd written all my prayer requests onto a piece of paper. And in that paper, I had this list of uh, what I needed. And you know, I came before God and I felt God clearly say to me, please put your list down and come and love me. And I thought, but God, these are important prayer things here. I need, and God said, put your list down. Come and worship me. And I got into God's presence. And the tears came. And I started to worship him. And praise him and love him. And he poured out his spirit on me. And he started to heal me. And he touched my life. When I came out of that wonderful encounter with God, I could look at my list and say, half of those are not even going to be prayed. I've had the touch of the Father. We can have this often. We can have this in our relationship with God without trying to be on a performance. If we find and we think we are out of favor with God because we're doing things wrong or we are going or we feel that we should be doing more. I'm not doing enough. How many times do we feel like that? I feel like I'm not doing enough, God. I should be like that one and like that one. You be led by the Lord. I'm learning to be led by the Spirit of God. I'm learning in God's timing to enjoy Him and to be close to Him in every way. Sin is not a matter that we can hide away from that. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 to 24 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In the old covenant, you see, favor came from the acceptable sacrifices for that sin. New covenant favor comes from the sacrifice of Jesus once for all. This is something we learn. This is something we grow in revelation with our favor of God. But if we miss this, we'll keep hiding from God. We'll keep feeling out of favor. And we'll have a religious relationship with God. A distant one instead of intimate, loving relationship with God. God would rather we spend time just loving and worshipping Him. He knows our needs before we even ask Him. And He knows that in our time of prayer and worship with Him, we are building eternity. Eternal life is knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternity is built on our relationship with this Jesus. Our faith, our love, our victory, our walk with God, our security, everything that we burst in the kingdom of God is built in a relationship with God. 
when we, when, we, when we don't have that and we start to act on a performance basis, we find ourselves striving. I find myself striving so hard. Oh, if only I could get out there and do things more. And more people save, more people heal, more people fed, more people, more, 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 more. There's a continual, it's, it's a performance cry of a heart. It's not satisfied because I want to be satisfied in the presence of God. That whatever he sends me to do, I'll do it with all my heart and all my soul. Hebrews 4 this morning, verse 14 to 16 it says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who's ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who is tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Every temptation, every hardship, Every pain we face, Jesus has already been there. He's already taken care of that. And he holds victory in store for you and I. Your world and your ways and mine are held and held and honored in God's own hand. He has everything in his hands. He who created the moon and the stars. He who the galaxies by words were spoken. The incredible king incredible God that we serve and we find that we battle in a boat when the waves are pounding against us of little things that niggle us. The Bible talks about the little foxes that come and try and spoil the vine. So then the Bible says because of that, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We come boldly into God's presence, not arrogantly demanding. No, but we come bold. How, how do I do that when I've sinned and I've fallen short? How do I do that when I feel I've failed, God? How do I? How, how, how? We come into his presence and cry out like David did. Oh, my God, create in me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. We cry out from our hearts. and we, I, I, One thing I love, my best prayer times are when I come before God and I say, God, I have sinned. There's no excuse. I'm not trying to hold an excuse. I'm not trying to tell you or manipulate you. I'm just saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I did it wrong. Whatever you want me to do, fix this. Please help me. Please tell me. I'm coming before your throne because there's grace to find favor in time of need. And I'm desperate for you. And I need this to be sorted, Lord. And without this, Lord God, I'm going to walk around and there will be condemnation. And there will be guilt and shame. And my heart will be pained because I need to repent. I need to come before you and say, Father, and repentance is turning away from my sin and turning to God turning into his presence and saying, Father, I believe you've cleansed me and you've watched me, washed me so that I can come. See, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. By grace I've been saved, through faith, and it's not by myself, not through me, not by myself, it's a gift of God, not by works that no one might boast. We must deal with sin, separates us from God. Sin will do that. 
But I promise in 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 and 9 is a beautiful scripture that promises us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's a wonderful blessing. So are we faithful and just? The work of the cross of Jesus is truly remarkable. Amazingly, from living in condemnation to living in the favor of God. Romans chapter 1 is an amazing scripture that says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're living in any kind of condemnation today, I want to encourage you that if you read Romans 8 chapter 1, it does say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. If we are serving God with all our hearts, if we are focusing on Jesus, if we're having a relationship with God, we are going to mess up. We are going to fail. We're going to have disappointments. We're going to face hardships. Some of the things we pray for and trust God for maybe not even come to pass. Maybe these things you've trusted God and you're so disappointed about. Maybe you, you, you just didn't have prayers answered and you think sometimes God answers prayers in a completely different way than what we think he will because we've got our minds set on how we believe God wants us to. And if we come into the presence of God, if we spend quality time with Jesus, often, I want to say this, that those things won't become mountains in our lives. What I've prayed for, what I believe God, what I'm disappointed in, all these things will become distance as we understand the purpose of serving God. That Jesus died on that cross to bring us closer to have a relationship with the Father. The throne of grace is where we receive favor in time of need. That's where we should be more often. Coming out of this terrible condemnation, I pray today, and I'd like us just to have a short prayer today, just to trust God together. Let's pray. Father, I pray for everyone who is listening to this message, for each one of us, Father, to have an intimate revelation of who you really are, Jesus, and that, Father, we'll spend time, quality time, Father, in prayer, in worship, in loving, and in absolutely adoring you in every way, in every situation, Lord, that our lives, Father, this morning can be changed drastically and that, Father, we all have this intimacy with you, that, Father God, we come boldly into your throne of grace. There's no condemnation, no pain. We will know our God and we will know the ways of the enemy. We'll understand the ways of the enemy as he tries to purpose to break down our lives, bringing condemnation. God bless you. We love you and we trust God to see you soon. Trust God for this year to be changed and for many things to happen and for relationships to be made and for greater things in God. We trust you and we believe that in God this year. In Jesus' name, amen.